Tonight's going to look a little different. It's going to be kind of less sermon and more worship. And we're going to worship, we're going we're to read scripture, we're going to pray, and it's going to be a really rich, uh, hopefully meaningful night for you guys. And we're praying for, for lives to be changed, for the gospel to be proclaimed. Um, that's our desire. And so, um, yeah, to get things going, I'm going to pray. We're going to see a, a brief video from uh, one of our pastors, Brian, who is overseas right now. Um, and then uh, PT is going to be leading us tonight in uh, just worship through song and through reading and through prayer. So pray with me. Jesus, we are um, grateful to be here. We're grateful for um, the people in this room and, and the stories that you are writing uh, in their lives. And uh, we just pray, God, tonight that your spirit would descend upon this place, that you would teach us and you would, you would lead us uh, give us a vision to um, see the city turned upside down in the name of Jesus. And uh, God, we just pray, uh, Lord, that as we worship, that uh, you would just convict us, that you would uh, just reveal to us the sins in our lives, that we would, we would see our shortcomings, but we would see uh, the beauty and majesty of your gospel and your grace in covering those sins through your sacrifice on the cross. Lord Jesus, we just pray that you would be in this place, that uh, you would be honored through this, that you would be glorified through our lives, and uh, God, that you would just um, just be with us tonight. In your name we pray. Amen. Uh, hey guys, it's Brian. Um, it's good to see you all. The reason you're not seeing me, the reason that uh, I am not on stage, I'm on a screen, is because I'm currently in Taiwan. As many of you know, we've been in the process now for over a year and a half of adopting a little girl from there. And that process is uh, hopefully drawing to a close. Uh, actually, right now, around the time that you're watching this, Megan and I will be on a commute uh, to a Taiwanese court uh, to hopefully take the next major step in the legal system to get her to leave the country of Taiwan and uh, come home to the U.S. And so uh, please pray for us, and I miss you guys very much. But I asked our leaders what do they want to do kind of in um, my sudden absence in the plan that I was going to preach this Sunday. And they just said, you know, let's have an evening um, where we give the opportunity just to even more worship and pray and read. And they asked me just to record it, kind of a short video uh, kind of directing our efforts in our worship tonight, uh, particularly around the passage that we were supposed to study. I didn't want to just kind of uh, skip this because it really is one of the most well-known and I think one of the most important uh, parts of Philippians and really in the entire Bible. And so uh, I'm going to read it. It's in Philippians chapter 4. We're going to read verses 10 through 13. I'm going to read it and then we're just going to kind of walk through it. And I just I just encourage you, as you're hearing this, as we're talking about this, understand that all of this is meant to direct you uh, to worship rightly through song and reading and prayer uh, for the rest of our evening together. And so Philippians chapter 4, verse 10 says this, uh, I rejoice in the Lord greatly, that now at length you have revived your concern for me. You were indeed concerned for me, but you had no opportunity. Not that I'm speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low. And I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. 
Verse 13, I can do all things through him, that's Christ, who strengthens me. Now, as we kind of walk through this, what I, what I really hope you see um, are kind of three major themes. And, and I'm going to walk through the first two kind of quickly, and then the third one is what I really want you to focus in uh, in on for tonight. Now, the first is appreciation. Um, you know, I think one of the great uh, gifts of walking through this book this summer uh, has been that it, it it's really, I feel like whatever kind of we're teaching through, I feel like I'm personally walking through uh, as well. I love how God kind of makes us believe um, something before we're able to teach it to others. And I think appreciation is something in particular that I've really come to, um, I was going to say appreciate, but I can't really think of another better word than that. I, I mean, I've really begun to appreciate Like when Paul says in verse 10, I rejoice in the Lord greatly, that now at length you revived your concern for me. You were indeed concerned for me, but you had no opportunity. I mean, remember, Paul is in prison, and he's going to die in a couple of years from when he wrote this. He's awaiting his execution, and he's writing to this church that he started, and he's just telling them like how much he appreciates their love for him. And I feel like this is just kind of a, in God's kindness and sovereignty, like it's almost like a gift for this to be happening where I'm kind of caught across the country away from you guys because it just gives me an opportunity, maybe in the same way Paul did, to say, like, you have really... Um, met us and loved us well in the midst of our need. Like in the process of us walking through this adoption, it really has been the most difficult season in our lives. And we have been loved tremendously well by you guys. We felt tremendously supported and loved and encouraged. I mean, this past week uh, with Megan kind of out of town in Taiwan prior to me, you know, I thought like, how am I going to make ends meet? How am I going to eat meals? Am I going to eat cereal for 21 straight meals? And like, you guys have just even just practically fed me really well. I've put on a substantial amount of weight uh, just in this time uh, away from my wife. I probably need to do like air squats on the 13 hour flight uh, over to Taiwan. And um, I just know that. I, I just really feel what Paul feels for the church that he started. I feel that to the, you as the church that I helped start as well. Um, a lot of appreciation. Now, Paul moves on there. He doesn't just express appreciation, but he also expresses contentment. If you re- look at verses 11 through 12, Paul says, um, you know, not that I am speaking of being in need, uh, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. And then he elaborates on this in verse 12. I know how to be brought low, and I know how to abound in any and every circumstance. I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. Now, this is a really astounding statement when you look at it again. I mean, for him to be able to say uh, in verse 11, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. Now, this is radical and very countercultural because for many of us, I mean, we do kind of think that we are slaves to our circumstances. Like, I'll be content as long as everything is going well. I'll be content as long as I make this amount of money, as long as this person likes me back, as long as work isn't that stressful, as long as the kids aren't freaking out, as long as the weather is nice, as long as whatever it is. I mean, you fill in the blank. For many of us, we have kind of in our mind, as long as this happens, then I can be content. Now, juxtapose that, that kind of thinking that we have to what Paul says in verse 11, I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I just kind of before we understand like how Paul feels this, I just want you to feel the difference between what he feels and what we typically feel. I, mean, I think for us, I mean, it's like we almost feel like, um, like a leaf that's kind of floating aimlessly uh, in the sky and we will float towards uh, prosperity or we will, we will float towards just something terrible, towards combination or pain or heartbreak, all dependent on the kind of what the wind of our circumstances blows. 
That's a, a tremendously frightening kind of passive position to be. And I hope you see that, that Paul, and more importantly, God, doesn't want us to think that way. Uh, he wants contentment in the midst of our circumstances. He wants us to endure, even when we have really good reasons not to. Now, Paul, he doesn't just okay say then that we should feel that. He gives what he says the secret. I, I like this when he says, verse 12, he says, I've learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. And that brings us to kind of the third major theme, that of victory. So he gives the secret. Here he is. Okay, here it is in verse 13. But I can do all things through Christ, through him who strengthens me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Now, this is um, maybe one of the most well-known verses in the Bible. My guess is, probably even for those of you who are here tonight, and maybe this is the first time you've been at church uh, ever, or in a very long time, um, chances are you're familiar with Philippians 4.13. Uh, maybe it's just because you got swept up into Tebow mania that happened uh, a couple of years ago prior to Peyton Manning being our quarterback. And, um, you know, Tebow always had the eye black underneath his eyes, and then you have a Bible verse. And his actual favorite Bible verse to always have was Philippians 4.13. Now, uh, I loved that season. I was fully on board. I appreciated Tim Tebow's, you know, ability to have, you know, stage these incredible comebacks. But here's kind of the important thing for you to understand, is I think that that picture, that understanding of Philippians 4.13 um, I think it does us a tremendous disservice. I think that in isolation, thread through the lens of Tebow mania, or whoever else may use this quote in this way, um, that, it's, that it's easy to interpret this to mean that kind of through our willpower, our devotion, our dedication, um, kind of that mixed with enough faith in Jesus will help us kind of be able to do whatever it is we want to do in life. Like if I believe hard enough and work hard enough, kind of that combined together will let me get the job, win the girl, have this level of influence, do whatever it is that I want to do. I can be whoever I want to be. I can experience whatever I want to experience. And the whole problem with that interpretation is that you're interpreting the words of Paul through this lens. And Paul, as he pens these words, is awaiting his execution. Like He's going to be killed in the next two years. History tells us that. And so the problem with interpreting that way is that the author didn't get to experience it that way whatsoever. So like, what is it that Paul is saying in particular? Well, I think he's actually giving you a greater gift. What he's saying is, when I can do all things through Christ, he's not saying that like Christ... He's not saying that Christ kind of gives me whatever I want. He's saying he sustains me. It's not so much kind of like prosperity as much as his endurance for a greater victory. So not just kind of like temporary prosperity, but endurance through difficult circumstances like being in prison and awaiting your execution or whatever circumstances you might be going through right now, the endurance for the sake of a greater victory. The reason I say a greater victory is because the problem with the interpretation of this verse where basically it's nothing other than kind of Jesus is this cosmic vending machine that if we hit like F7, like out pops the job I always wanted. The problem with that interpretation is even that ultimately will not satisfy our souls. Like even if kind of Jesus gives us these things that we want, we win the Super Bowl, we get the job, we get the girl. I mean, our hearts are still left wanting. Even this past week, I was listening to this podcast with Robin Williams back in 2010, where he was analyzing his own addiction and his own uh, struggles with depression. 
And the interviewer was asking him even, um, did you, winning the Academy Award, did that help, like you finally finding some relief for all the things you were feeling in your heart and your mind? He said, yeah, yeah, I did feel, I felt a tremendous amount of relief for about two days. And then all of a sudden the emptiness came creeping back in. You understand, like, Jesus is not satisfied to simply give us kind of the temporary things that will make us joyful for a day or for a week. He wants something more. And so this verse is centered not so much just on Jesus kind of giving us the things we want. He, he's after a greater joy, and consequently, he gives us himself. Like, that's what Paul is saying here, is that he can do all things through Christ who has given himself to him, and consequently, he can endure for the sake of a greater victory that comes later on. Not just getting what we want in the now, but Paul, knowing that his death is imminent, is looking to that final day and saying, ultimately, I'm going to be victorious over sin. I'm going to be victorious over death because Christ, through the gospel, has gifted me this. And so ultimately, this is what he's celebrating. What I, what I would maybe then, okay, how, how do we kind of uh, apply this and think about this in our own lives? I mean, what I would hope you would see then is like, whether you recognize it or not, we're being uh, subtly uh, challenged to understand maybe a juxtaposition between kind of two understandings of who Jesus is. Like ultimately, do we come to Jesus for him to kind of give us the things that we want? Is he nothing more than a cosmic Santa Claus that we hope that like we can appease through just being good enough to kind of get the temporary things that we want? Or do we see him as a greater treasure, as one who provides within us a strength to be content in all circumstances because he is offering us himself? Like ultimately, like why do you treasure Jesus for who he is? And so what I would challenge you to do then is as you are kind of shifting now to a time of prayer, as you're shifting now to a time of worship and song, is really to understand who Jesus is, like to treasure him for really is, and to really kind of think on that and marvel on that. I know that feels intangible. I know it's kind of like, what exactly does that look like? But we do this, right? Like if we finally meet somebody um, and we start dating them and we really kind of enjoy them, um, you know, and they're better than the person we were dating before, we'll spend a lot of time just, like, meditating on, like, how this person doesn't have the annoying habit that the person that I dated before did. Or, you know, if we get hired at a job and we find somebody, as we're getting started there, we really look up to and admire, like, we'll spend a lot of time thinking about kind of their influence. And Or we do this with celebrities, we do this with musicians. When somebody is uh, worthy, when somebody makes an impact in our lives, like, we can't help but kind of think and meditate and marvel on of who they are. And so that's what I want to challenge you to do. I want to challenge you to think about the Christ where we can look at and say, I can do all things through you who strengthens me and to worship him through song, to give thanks through prayer, to celebrate through partaking of communion and to really worship tonight, to really, really worship. And so um, that's my challenge. I love this passage. I hope it's been challenging to you as well. And just know um, I miss you very much. I love you very much. And uh, looking forward uh, to being home uh, very soon and to be with you guys.